So we're in this series on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And we've just been working our way through it from beginning to end. We're all the way done Matthew chapter 5 already for some time. And we're into Matthew chapter 6. In the last few weeks, we've been parked on the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verses 5 to 15. And we're going to continue there today. Let's, uh, and I've just been reading you the whole thing every week uh, before I preach on, on parts of it. And I'm going to keep doing that because I just think I was just saying to someone uh, just before the service now, I think even if we just read the Lord's Prayer uh, every week in the service right there, uh, there's a lot of benefit just in that. But uh, let's, I'm just going to read it to you again, verses 5 through 15, and you can follow, follow along on the screens behind me. And Jesus says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, we looked at these verses uh, last week, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." And I want to look specifically at that line there, our Father in Heaven, today. But, but first, um, last week, you know, we talked about how prayer is not a formula. We looked at verses 7 and 8, and we looked at how Jesus' clear teaching is that prayer is not a formula. It's about relationship. Um, but before I even get into, you know, our Father in Heaven, and we get into some of those famous lines, you know. I mean, the Lord's Prayer is some of the most famous lines in all the Bible. Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Many of us... Uh, grew up, I mean, I grew up in southern Ontario, but in the schools there, we grew up saying the Lord's Prayer. Many people, many of you grew up saying the Lord's Prayer. I know they don't say it in, uh, in schools uh, anymore, or most schools anyway, um, and I wish they did. It's a great prayer, but, but uh, many of us grew up with that, and so the words are just so familiar to us. The, the words are so kind of famous that in some way, yeah, last week I talked about how prayer is not a formula, but for many people, we actually still just kind of subconsciously turn the Lord's Prayer into a formula. And, uh, and because it's so familiar, and there are lots of Christian groups, uh, there are some Christian groups out there that actually, they, they actually teach that if you want to, you know, if you really need God to do something, or if you want to please God, or you want more of God's power in your life, you can just repeat the Lord's Prayer over and over again. And literally, people will say the Lord's Prayer over and over again, like a hundred times, or 150 times, if they're really desperate, that you just, you know, the Lord's Prayer, and they just turn it into a formula. If I just say this thing over and over and over again, that does something, okay? Uh, other Christians, maybe it's a little more, uh, maybe it's not so overt, but they view it as a, as a, you know, kind of a thing too, as a formula. Some Christians kind of treat it as, you know, they don't have any other kind of prayer life, but at solemn occasions, they say the Lord's Prayer. You know, maybe before bed every night, you know, they're very pious, they say the Lord's Prayer, or in the morning when they get up, or, you know, at the beginning of the school day, or whatever it is, and they think, you know, that God, get, Jesus gave us this prayer to kind of just pray as, you know, a spiritual thing that we do before bed or before a service or whatever. Other, other Christian groups 
treat uh, the Lord's Prayer like a sacrament. It's like communion or like baptism, that at special occasions when the church gets together, we publicly say the Lord's Prayer together. And, and, and of course, all of these, I mean, it's never bad to say the Lord's Prayer. It's not even bad to repeat the Lord's Prayer over and over again. It's not bad. It's not bad uh, to say it, you know, at church services when we get together. It's not bad to say it before you go to bed. Uh, all those things, not bad. It's not bad to say the Lord's Prayer. But that is not what Jesus had in mind when he gave this teaching on prayer. He was not, he did not have in his mind, I'm giving you a kind of a plug-and-play template, just do this whenever you get together, and this makes God happy. Or just say this thing over and over again at special occasions, and this draws you close to me. Or say this, you know, here then, and it's more powerful than another prayer. Jesus was not thinking of this as something we would just do over and over and over again. That's not what he was, he, that's not what he was thinking about. Here's a formula, plug this in wherever you need it. And, and we know that because if we read the rest of the the New Testament, outside of Matthew 6 and Luke chapter 11, we don't find the Lord's Prayer anywhere else in the New Testament. Like if, if Jesus had been giving us a formula that he wanted us to use all the time, uh, we, you'd think that we would find the early church praying it. But we find all kinds of prayers elsewhere in the New Testament. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, the disciples praying, Jesus prays many different prayers. We find all kinds of different prayers in the New Testament, but we don't find the Lord's Prayer prayed again. Because Jesus wasn't giving us a formula that needed to be done all the time. And I want to show this to you. So the only two places in the New Testament where it pops up is the parallel passages, Matthew 6 and Luke chapter 11. And I want to show you something else. It's interesting if you, on this whole formula thing, if we put the two Lord's Prayer passages side by side, we actually find that the, that the two passages are different. Which again, just proves that this isn't a formula. If, if we just look at it, I'm going to put up the, the verses there. If you look at Luke 11, Jesus says, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. But Matthew 6, we see our Father in heaven, okay? So Luke 11, you know, I mean, they're mostly the same. But Luke 11 leaves out the part about, you know, in heaven. Okay, if we go to the next verses there, we see, uh, you know, Matthew 6, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Luke 11 just says, Your kingdom come. And I know I, there's a lot, you know, books have been written. I know uh, churches and groups that have, that have made a whole theology. They've written whole books, and not that they're bad, they're not bad people, nothing like that at all, but they've made a whole theology out of that line, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to touch on that line hopefully ne next week in the, in the message, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's not even in Luke 11, okay? It just, Luke 11 just says your kingdom come. Okay, you go to the next verses in the prayer, uh, Luke 11 says, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive, or for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Matthew 6 says mostly the same thing, a little bit different. And then if you go to the end of the prayer, um, Matthew 6 says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Luke 11 just says, and lead us not into temptation. Okay? So the two times that the Lord's Prayer appears in the Gospels, it's mostly the same, but it's, there's things missing, pieces that people would say, that some people would say are very important, and scholars aren't in agreement why the two Lord's Prayers are different. Some scholars say it's because Jesus taught on the Lord's Prayer twice and, and taught it a little differently each time. Other scholars say it's because uh, Jesus only taught it once, but under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Matthew and Luke uh, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, summed it up with a little bit different words. And I don't know what the answer is. Scholars don't agree about that. But in the end, it just doesn't matter. The point is, uh, Jesus isn't giving us a formula here. 
I mean, the two times under the inspiration of the Spirit it gets written down, it gets written down differently. Why? Because Jesus isn't giving us a formula. He's giving us a general teaching about prayer. What is the, not these are the words you must pray all the time and these make God happy and these are a more spiritual prayer than others and these are, this is a prayer you need to pray every time you get together. No, he's giving us a general teaching about prayer. What is the spirit behind prayer? How do we approach God? What does that look like? What are the kinds of things we can talk to him about? He's not giving us a plug and play formula. So important. In fact, there are many times when it doesn't make sense to pray the Lord's Prayer. I mean, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, okay? Matthew 26, he's wrestling with the Father. He's under, you know, a huge stress. He's about to be crucified. He doesn't pray the Lord's Prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? I mean, John 17, the high priestly prayer, you know, Jesus prays. It's not the Lord's Prayer. Acts chapter 4, when the disciples are, are being persecuted and they pray for boldness, they don't pray the Lord's Prayer. Why? Because it wasn't a formula to just plug in that's super powerful all by itself. It was just a general teaching. This is the way you approach God. This is the spirit with which you approach God. But there's many times, you know, I, I think even this last week, I mean, we could go on and on, many, many, many examples. But I mean, this last week, I wake up Wednesday morning, um, and, you know, September is a busy month for us and our family, just with all kinds of ministry stuff at the church gets started up then. Uh, LaDawn uh, runs the Salem ministry here at church, and that's my wife, and that's a big ministry, and so every September is a real uh, busy time. And uh, so this past week was the first week of, of Sela running, and it's a big ministry, and she's busy. And I woke up, you know, Wednesday morning, I woke up, I have my cell group here at the church early in the morning, and I woke up, and the first thing on my heart was, I just felt this need to pray for her. So I'm getting, you know, my lunch ready, I'm, it's dark outside, it's early, I'm getting stuff ready for my cell meeting uh, uh, here at the church to come to church. And the whole time I'm doing that, what am I praying? Am I just praying the Lord's Prayer? Am I, you know, am I starting with Thanksgiving or worship or any of that stuff? Well, all of that is really, really good stuff. And you'll find books out there, and they, and they tell you exactly how to pray. And every time you pray, you start with thanksgiving and worship. And yes, well, we're going to get into that yet in, in these messages. Uh, super important. Thanksgiving worship is a core of what, of what prayer is, but it's not a formula. You know, and you have other ones, they turn the Lord's Prayer into a formula. Every time you go to pray, you've got to start with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and you've got to do... And, but sometimes you just get up and you're pressed about something. So, you know, Wednesday morning I got up, I was pressed about, you know, I just felt like I needed to pray for the dawn. Give her strength, Lord. Give her, give her wisdom today. Give her energy. You know, give her the ability to get everything done that needs to get done this month. And I, and I was just praying that for her, because that's, that's what I was pressed about. And it's not, a, it's not a formula that happens to us. There's, there's days you get up in the morning and there's just a need right there or there's something God's doing and it's right there and you just leave all that other stuff behind. Yes, most of the time we should have a huge core of thanksgiving and worship in our prayers, no question. Otherwise your prayer life is going to be very weak and anemic and without faith and not enjoyable. But there's not a formula to this thing. Hugely, hugely important. And the reason I just keep saying this and we touched on it last week is because lots of us, we have this tendency as Christians we have this tendency to look for that, that one magic prayer. Isn't that true? Uh, and I, I know this because you look at the bookstores, you go to the Christian bookstore, and, uh, and you can find, you know, the, the, the prayer that will release God's power in your life, right? The prayer that will change your life. The prayer that will change your devotional life. The prayer that will, and, and the fact of the matter is, there isn't, and including the Lord's Prayer, there isn't one magic prayer out there that if you just pray that prayer, it's going to change your devotional life and it's going to change your life. There, no such prayer exists. Why? Because prayer is about relationship. 
There's no one magic prayer. Even the Lord's prayer isn't a magic prayer. You can get up every morning and pray the Lord's prayer and have it be absolutely dead. Did you know that? It just sounds like, oh, can you even say that? It's not a formula. You can get up and pray your way through the Lord's Prayer every single day and have, it be, have nothing be there because in the end, it's not just a bunch of words you're throwing at God. It's about the heart, as we talked about last week. And many of you here, you, can th- you have memories. You can think back to times in your life. Okay, I can think back to times in my life. Many of you here, you have a walk with God. You can think back to times in your life when God asked you to take a big step of obedience for him, whatever that step of obedience was, but, but it was risky. Times in your life and you were, you, you were afraid to take that step or you had to sacrifice something. Maybe he asked you to go back and make something right that you did wrong 10 years ago and you're really embarrassed. And maybe it'll cost you some money or maybe it'll cost you, you know, it's, a, it's embarrassing or whatever it is. And, and, and so you took that step of obedience and you went back and you said sorry and you admitted what you did and, and, and you went to make it right. Or maybe God asked you to do something and, and you, you started fostering some kids. I, I know some people have taken that big step recently. And you, did, and you were afraid to do it. You were so afraid. And you stepped out and you took that step of obedience. And isn't it true? Okay, so many of us have memories like that, whatever it is, where you stepped out and you did something that was hard and it was a sacrifice and it was a risk and it was scary, but you stepped out because I just want to obey you, God, and you did the right thing. And isn't it true that in those moments, those times when we step out and obey God and we sacrifice our own selves to live for the kingdom, isn't it true that in those times, prayer is sweet? Isn't it true? I mean, I think back to my life, there's just times in my life where you step out and you just say, it's not about me, it's about the kingdom, I'm going to do what God wants, I'm going to love people, I'm going to put others above myself, I'm going to put the kingdom above myself. And in those times, prayer is the most natural thing in the world, isn't it true? In those times, you just feel God present with you. You just feel like you took that step and he just feels present. It's not even just when you're praying in your devotions as you drive to work as you walk to school, as you do whatever, as you, ha- you know, as you just say thank you for the meal, you can just feel him present. Why is that? It's because prayer isn't a formula. Your heart is attuned with the Father's. And when your heart is attuned with the Father's, prayer is the most natural thing in the world. Some of you here, maybe it's not a step of obedience. Maybe it's suffering. There's various times. I mean, we all suffer to some level. And some of you have suffered a lot more than I ever have. But even I, I mean, we've all had suffering to some level in our life, and you can maybe remember back to times in your life where you suffered, and you were in pain, and you didn't get bitter at God, but in that pain, you said, you said, Jesus, I'm just going to love you anyway. I'm going to worship you anyway. I'm going to be loyal to you. And isn't it true that in those moments when you suffer like that, isn't it true that the Spirit of Jesus just becomes so tender to you? I mean, I've seen this with people over and over again where they're in the midst of suffering, but they're suffering well. They're suffering for Jesus, not bitter at Jesus. And I, you talk to people who are suffering with Jesus in times like that, and it's amazing. You talk to them, you even bring up God at all, and the, the eyes get watery, right? Because it's a, for them, it's so real. They're right in the midst of that pain, and God's so real to them. Again, why is that? And, and those people in those times, I know for, even from my own life, when you pray in those times, prayer's just natural. You just know God is there, and you can just talk to Him, and it's, and it's easier to focus. And why is that? It's because prayer is not a formula your heart is attuned with the Father's heart, and when your heart is attuned with the Father's heart, that prayer is just, just part of the relationship. You know, if you, you, know, you, you sit in, in, those of you who are married, uh, who are not perfect like me and my wife, but, uh, but uh, and, and that was just a joke for those of you who are new, but, but if, you know, if you've ever had a, a fight with your wife, 
right? And, and we all have at some point. And if you haven't, what kind of a relationship do you have anyway? But anyway, um, you must not talk a lot. But if you have a fight with your wife in the car, okay, if you've ever had that or wherever, and, um, you know, if, until the fight gets resolved, if you had an argument, I mean, it can, be, it can be icy in the car, right? Icy. And you might be close physically, but relationally very distant, right? Now, when, that, when you're in that place of the relational disconnect in the car or wherever, it doesn't, you know, communication is difficult at that point, right? Usually there's just a stony silence, right? Okay? And you might even use, you might try to use the romantic words you used at dinner last week and think, maybe I should throw those in right now doesn't work, right? Those same words that were just like burning with heat, you know, a few nights before, now here it's like, not good, okay? Why? It's not a relation. I mean, it's not a relation. It's not a formula. It's the same with prayer. When your heart is attuned with the Father's, when you're connected with the Father, then communication is natural. It's not that we can't learn. There's not practical tips. It's not that we never struggle, but communication is natural Prayer is natural, it's not forced. When your heart is not attuned with the Father, then, then prayer just doesn't work. And the, but the problem is, okay, so I say that, it makes sense, of course, okay, prayer is relational, prayer is relational, all sort of stuff. Um, and so we kind of get that on one level, but then on the next level, we don't get it because then whenever we want to learn how to pray, what do we do? We go to a book of how to, give us more techniques, isn't that true? Just, and it's not that it's bad to read. It's not, you know, practical advice can be very helpful. And there's practical advice even here in the Lord's Prayer. And it's, not, it's no problem with practical advice. But we don't realize the biggest issue is heart. Are you attuned with the Father? If you just got that issue right, that's 98% of your problems in prayer. But we go to all the technique. Give me a format. Give me a formula. Give me a prayer to pray. We look for formulas. Remember a, a famous, famous book. Most of you will, will uh, remember it, but a uh, famous book came out a few years ago. And before I even say anything about the book, I just want to say this. Just hear me. I am not criticizing this book, okay? I am not criticizing the author, okay? Just hear me before I say anything any more in this example. I am not criticizing this book or the author, okay? What I'm critiquing is the way many Christians, including myself, what we were trying to get out of this book, okay? But many people, you'll hear, you'll remember, 13, 14 years ago, this book sold millions of copies. It spawned a whole sub-industry. Um, um, but The Prayer of Jabez, right? Uh, huge, huge book. One of the, you know, most popular, one of the bigger, you know, selling Christian books, uh, you know, ever. Sold millions and millions of copies. Like I said, spawned uh, Prayer of Jabez devotionals, Prayer of Jabez uh, coloring books, Prayer of Jabez everything, okay? Great. And I'm not criticizing the book. Remember, I am not criticizing the book. I love the book, okay? I enjoyed it. It was a motivational book on prayer, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, in the prayer of Jabez, uh, Bruce Wilkinson writes this, he, he, he writes about a prayer, and it's great. We should, take, we should study passages of Scripture. Again, I'm not criticizing the book. I'm criticizing what many Christians did with it or tried to do with it afterwards. But he takes out this one-sentence prayer in the Old Testament prayed by a guy by the name of Jabez. And, you know, people handed me this book. It's like, this prayer is going to change your life. And I'm reading this book. I'm like, this prayer is going to change your life. And when you, if you just pray this prayer every day, you know, God is going to do massive things in your life. And so I was just pumped about this book. And I prayed the prayer of Jabez every single day for like a week and a half. 
And I mean, the first couple of days, pumped. Oh, what an awesome prayer. The next few days, it's a little less fresh, right? And the last few days, it was like chewing a piece of dead wood. Why? <laughs> the problem was not with the book. The problem was not with Bruce Wilkinson. The problem was, I thought the prayer of Jabez was my magic prayer. You just pray this one prayer. Just, and you see this, and books come out. Just pray this one prayer, and your wife radically changed. Hallelujah, all the guys are running in there. <laughs> right? Just pray. If you just pray this prayer for your kids, they all turn out good. Look, it worked for me, or whatever the book is. Just pray this one prayer. Just pray the Lord's Prayer. Just pray it through that way. Just work your way through it every day, and everything works out for you. It doesn't work that way. There is no magic prayer that by itself will solve all of your problems because it's all about relationship. Now, of course, it's not bad to have a written-down prayer. It's not bad to pray a prayer over and over again. I mean, the book of Psalms is a book of written-out prayers that Christians, including myself, many times have prayed over and over and over again over the last couple thousand years. It's not bad to have a written prayer. Okay? But the problem is we turn those prayers into formulas. Last week I talked to a cell leader, wonderful leader, walks with God, totally gets this whole relationship thing. This person came up to me after the message and, uh, and said, you know, they were, ta they were taking their cell through a whole thing on prayer, they were teaching their cell group about prayer. And one of the things that they've been learning is about spiritual warfare praying. And so they said, you know, I've given out to my cell group these cards of written out spiritual warfare prayers. Is that bad? And I immediately said, no, not at all. It's not bad to have a written out prayer. Uh, it's not bad when you're teaching someone about prayer. I mean, we did that years ago here at Southland when we were first learning about spiritual warfare and confession. And we give people out written out prayers. It's like training wheels. Here, you've never prayed this kind of thing or about this thing before. Here's a written out prayer that you can just kind of follow. It makes things easy for a while. It's like training wheels on a bike. I said, it's no problem so long as we re keep reminding people that the power isn't in this formula. The power is in, it's the relationship. And of course, this cellular totally got that. I mean, they're all over that. They, they walk with God and it's, it's the real deal. But this can go to weird places. There's books out there, authors, churches, where they just turn healing or, or spiritual warfare into into formulas and 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 it can get scary it's like you get to these you can get to this place um i talked to this guy once years ago not from our church great guy not, not a criticism of him great guy uh not from our church but he totally believed that if you prayed uh for protection and blessing every day that nothing bad would ever happen to you and so i said to him well i mean what about christians who get into into car accidents and he said well they obviously didn't Pray for protection that day, or at least not enough. And I'm like, how scary is that? You forgot to pray your protection prayer today. You might die on the way to work. <laughs> I, I, I read a famous pastor, his, his mom, growing up, would pray a protection uh, prayer and a blessing prayer over the kids every morning before they went off to school. Every single morning. And then he writes in there uh, this one memory... So that his mom forgot to pray the prayer. Oh, no. So the kids are on the bus. She all of a sudden remembers the bus is driving down the road. She's running behind the bus, you know, running, screaming the prayer out over the bus, trying to get all the words out to get the formula out. And, but that's where this can go. This is like, it, you know, it, but is that how God works? 
Is that how God works? Oh, Tony here forgot to pray his protection prayer today. Guess I'm off the hook having to watch over him and his family. So-and-so forgot to pray their, uh, their anti-demon prayer tonight. Guess I'm going to have to let the devil into their house tonight. Is that how God works? It's a relationship. It's not, the, the prayer is not, you know, put the Lego blocks together, pray your protection prayer, pray your spiritual warfare prayer, pray your healing prayer, and then have, it's a relationship. You walk with the Father. You don't have to worry that I forgot my protection prayer. You're walking with the Father. And a problem happens when we elevate minor side issues of prayer and make those things the main thing when the main thing is walk with God. That's the main thing. Everything else, I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying spiritual warfare isn't important. I'm not saying that at all. I, I mean, I could tell you. I mean, the end here, why don't we just put that verse up there right now. Matthew 6, 13. This is the end of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer actually contains an element of spiritual warfare. And Jesus says, part of how we should pray is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So deliver us from evil is a wonderful component of prayer that we, could, we need to pray to God from time to time as he leads us. Deliver us from the evil one, right? Deliver us from evil. So I'm not, I'm not against spiritual warfare prayer, but you want to know how much, in my, in my walk with the Lord, do you know how much time I spend doing spiritual warfare? This much. This much. You know how much time I spend praying protection, blessing prayers over my kids? This much. Because the most important thing is know God. That's 98% of it. And then he leads you one day as you're walking with him and loving him as your father, and all of a sudden he just shows you, hey, the enemy's up to something over here. Oh, get out of there, devil. And now back to loving Jesus. That's what it is. And so again, it's not that I'm against spiritual warfare. It's necessary. I could tell you stories. I, I mean, some, um, some unbelievable stories, even from the last uh, just couple of years. Uh, cell groups in our, in our church, uh, um, you know, stories. Person in the, in the cell, and there's so many like this. You could just mix and mash them. It's not even just one story, but, you know, someone in the cell group, weird things are happening in their house. Uh, kids are having some, some bad dreams, different things. Cell group does listening prayer together. They get things that they, details that they could not have known that just blow away the people they're praying over. They go over the house, they do spiritual warfare, and, and big changes happen, okay? There's a place for spiritual warfare, but again, it's this much. It's relationship. It's not plug in the spiritual warfare prayer every day and plug in the protection prayer. No, no, walk with Jesus. That is the thing that matters. And so there isn't a formula for prayer, period, not even the Lord's Prayer. Even the Lord's Prayer is not a formula. Just take it now and every day work your way through it in order. Every day just pray it before you go to bed. It's not a formula. You say, okay, well what then is the Lord's Prayer? I'll tell you what it is. It is this precious teaching from Jesus. That is not just a bunch of words to plug in, like, like instructions to Lego. In this teaching on the Lord's Prayer, Jesus shows us the heart behind prayer. He shows us the kind of heart, what it looks like to pray when your heart is attuned with the Father's heart. How does it look to pray when your heart is attuned? What, what is the spirit behind prayer that really connects with God? 
And if your heart, if you can get past just the formula of I'm just going to pray this way now, or Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, for the rest of my life, just pray exactly that way or in exactly that order. If you can get behind that, if your heart just connects with the kind of heart that prays like this, it almost doesn't matter what you pray. When your heart is in that place, the, the prayer is alive. It's, it's, it's connected to God. And so there's probably many different ways. If we just look at the Lord's Prayer, there's probably many different ways we could describe the spirit behind the Lord's Prayer. I've, just, I've, I've summed it up with kind of four words. What is the heart behind how we approach God in prayer? And I've summed it up with these four words. Just uh, the heart that connects with God in prayer is it's simple, it's trusting, it's dependent, it's humble. It's simple, it's trusting, it's dependent, it's humble. A heart that approaches God like that, again, it almost doesn't matter what you pray. When you go to God, simple, trusting, dependent, humble, it doesn't almost matter what you pray, you're connecting with Jesus because it's relational. And so it's simple, okay? You look at the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, you know, give us this day our daily bread. It's not complicated. It's not filled with spiritual jargon. Jesus isn't showing us a formula to plug in here. He's showing us the way we approach God. And it's simple. It's not, you don't have to try to impress him. You're not showing off for others. It's not concerned with matters of the universe and big things like that. It's so simple. Our Father in heaven, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Give us this day our daily bread. It's just real and it's simple. And it's also trusting and dependent. Trusting and dependent. Our Father in heaven, this is incredible. You know, the pagan religions did not have a concept of God as dad. They had this concept of all these gods out there. These gods did not care one little bit about humans. The gods themselves were all messed up. And when you prayed, the only way to get them to do what you wanted was if you did what they wanted. And so you, you would get a priest to do the sacrifice and you would say all your prayers just right and you would hope that you, they would maybe hear you if you did everything just right. And Jesus blows all that up. He says, the kind of heart that connects with, with God in prayer is the kind of heart that gets that he's your dad, our father in heaven. It just goes straight there. And again, this is not a formula if you just tack on our father in heaven. Now, every time before you pray, just tack on our father in heaven. Many of us already do that. And it does nothing for our prayers. Just tacking on the words, our father in heaven. It's not a formula. He's talking about reality. He actually is is our Father in heaven. And when your heart gets that, not just when you tack that on your prayers, our Father in heaven, and blah, 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 and your prayer is just still dead. It's not just words. It's actually reality. He actually is our Father, our Dad in heaven. When your heart gets that, and you realize, I'm going to my Dad. I'm going to my Dad. Now, some of you, unfortunately, you didn't have great dads here on earth. You didn't have a good example of that. You maybe don't have great memories of your dad growing up. And that's unfortunate. That's too bad. But our Father in heaven is a good dad, the, most, the best you could ever possibly imagine. And when your heart connects with that truth that he's actually my dad, I'm not praying to some distant, far away, disconnected, unconcerned God. I'm actually coming, and I, it's not like I have to yell to make myself heard. I can just say, my Father in heaven, whoo, he's right there. My dad cares about me. But many of us, we go to prayer, and prayer is just dull and dry. Why is it dull and dry? Is it because God doesn't love us? No, it's because we are, 
we are cut off from that love. There's a mighty river of love flowing right past us and we can't drink from it because we don't realize he's just our dad. And we can't receive it. It's like, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, it happens with my kids, it happens with all of us. Sometimes, you know, you, you come home from day at work, you've been busy, you're annoyed, whatever it is. You know, you can have your kids or, or your wife say, I love you, and, it, and isn't it true, it just doesn't get in. Like, they might do something nice for you, but you've actually, you're just kind of upset and you're distracted. And so they might, they might have that love right there, but that love doesn't get in your heart. You just can't receive it because you're relationally shut off. You're annoyed, you're distracted, you're whatever. Many of us are li- exactly like that with God. We just feel like he doesn't like us. We feel like he's not concerned with us. So we might use the formula, our Father in heaven, but our hearts don't connect with it at all. That actually, I'm always looking at how far short I fall, but he's looking at how far he's grown me in the last few years, and he's actually proud of me. Have you ever thought that your dad might be proud of you, some of the things you've gone through? Have you ever let him say to you the things that he loves about you? Have you, ever, has you? have you ever let him say to you how proud he is of you? Some, I mean, yeah, you're not everywhere where you need to be, but how far you've come by his Holy Spirit? And that he's your dad, that he cares about your, your everyday life? So we know in our heads, Father in heaven, it's just a formula, but until your heart connects and you get the reality, he's actually my dad, that's actually your prayer. Suddenly, communication lines open up. And it, it's like I said before, it's not a it's not a formula if I pray this way, then all of a sudden my prayers work. No, no, it's about your heart. When your heart's attuned to the Father's, prayer just happens. And when your heart's not attuned to the Father's, nothing happens, no matter what, what template you use. So when your heart starts to open up at the power of the Holy Spirit, He's actually my dad. He actually cares about my everyday life. Suddenly lines of communication are just open and it's natural and you're not, you're not straining. I, I often talk about this, but people, they just, they're, they're straining to hear God. Oh God, what are you saying to me? And, and, but the moment your heart opens up, he's my father and he loves me, he's my dad, you're just trusting. Yeah, I mean, you're reading the Bible and he just, he, oh, there's a thought, I'm pretty sure that was God. And you're on your way to work and you, you're praying in his heart and it can come into you and you don't have to strain so hard because it's natural. Yeah, I was thinking of this past week. Um, little story. Uh, father, dad. Uh, Joy and Charlie, their birthdays are, are this week, but because of various family things, both my family and the Don's family celebrated their birthdays last week. And, and, uh, and uh, Joy and Charlie, they love Lego. That's their stage they're in right now, Lego. So the, all their gifts are Lego, Lego, Lego. They just love Lego. And so uh, Friday night, we got, you know, the kids got some more Lego. It was an, their second birthday party, and and uh, so we, we got home, prayed for them, sent them to bed, and said, you can, you can play with your Lego in your bedrooms uh, tonight for a while after bedtime because they're just so pumped about it. So then we went to bed, and then next morning I get up. This is yesterday. And it uh, started with some prayer, and then I was going to do some message prep. And uh, in my prayer time, I'm just praying. And uh, also my heart just felt pressed. I just want to pray that my kids will know how much God loves them. I don't pray that every, every day. It's not, again, it's not a formula. I don't have it on a calendar. Twice a month, I pray for this. Twice a month, I pray for this. Uh, not that it's bad to have lists like that, but I just, it just doesn't work for me. And so I just, but I just felt pressed. You know what, today, I just feel like, I, God, I want them to know how much you love them. So I just prayed that for a couple of minutes. And then after that, I was done. I said, thank you, Lord. And you just have this, because when you know he's your dad, you know that he heard you. And so you just know, you just, I'm just like, I just knew something's going to happen in the next few days that opportunities are going to happen for these kids to encounter God's love. And you, you can just trust, you don't have to force it. 
So I started doing my, my message prep. And, uh, and our kids, they have to stay in bed till 8 o'clock. They're not allowed to come out of their rooms till 8 o'clock. Except to go to the bathroom. That You must please leave your bedroom. But, um, <laughs> uh, but if you get up after 7, you can play in your room until 8. Anyway, Charlie wakes up at 7, goes to the bathroom, sees me pacing in the basement working on a message, and uh, runs over me, says, hey, good morning, Dad. Gives me a hug. And I said, hey, how are you doing? He's like, Dad, I lost. Like, I can't find. There's this one really important piece from that new set I got yesterday. I had to take apart the snowmobile to put the thing, and I, I'm, I lost this piece. I can't find it anywhere. And, uh, well, okay, your parent, whatever it is, whatever, wherever you are in life, what do you do now, right? What do you do, okay? Because there's a hundred... There's probably a thousand different things God could be doing in this little situation with the Lego, right? I mean, he could be, uh, he could be teaching them. Uh, this could be an opportunity to teach creative problem solving. Like, this could be a chance for, for us to just sit down and say, well, let's figure it out. We don't even need that piece. Let's just build it without, okay? And that's, I mean, that's a great lesson to teach your kids. Or it could be uh, an opportunity to teach your kids about loss. I mean, everybody's going to lose something big in their life at some point. And, and so it's great when they start as kids. You know, sometimes we lose things that are important, and we've got to learn to be thankful, to focus on the things that we do have. And it's a great lesson there, and we could pray and do all that sort of stuff. Um, so what do you do in that moment, right? Well, you can't always forever be going like, okay, give me a second, Charlie. Oh, God, what are you saying? It's like this forced thing. No, he's our dad. God's our dad. I just talked to him this, the, the, in the morning. And I'm just trusting, Lord, you've got to guide me now. I'm right in the middle of this thing, right? Sometimes you're in the middle of a big business thing. Or you're in the middle of a big family thing. You don't always have time to go away and fast and pray and figure it out, right? There's a hundred things every day, and you just somebody's got to trust. Father, I've got to have the lines of communication open. He's my dad. He cares about this. He even cares about my little situation and my son and his Lego piece right now. God, what are you doing? So you kind of subconsciously just throw up a prayer. God, what are you doing? And you don't even think it through that much, but it's just sort of a help to God, right? And uh, you hit the help button, and, and in that moment, I just had to sense, you know, pray for him to find the Lego piece, okay? Now, again, this is not a formula. I have prayed for my kids to find things before that were driving me crazy, and we found nothing, okay? This does not always work. Oh, Chris, we're going to call him up now every time someone loses something that's really important. He'll just pray. I'm going to find this thing. No, it's not a formula, okay? But in the moment, the father, you just touch the father's heart. And I was already just trusting. I knew he was going to come through for me somewhere, somehow. I just had this thought, pray for him to find the Lego piece. So now I'm not going to pray. The, if, if that's what God's doing, I'm not going to pray, help us to find the, prayer, the Lego piece at some point. And then, you know, six months later you find it. He's already forgotten about it, doesn't care about it, forgets that we prayed about it. And that doesn't help anything. So I said, Lord Jesus, Father, we know that you care about all things and you even care about Charlie's Lego piece. And I'm praying you will help us to find this piece today. And of course, after that, I'm pleading with God, oh God, you better come through for me now. <laughs> right? And so I prayed it. Now, I didn't help him find it because I didn't want him thinking, Dad got it for him. The whole point here was, God cares about your Lego piece, Charlie. So I left the room. I went back to work on my message. Not two minutes later... He comes running out of his room. I found my Lego piece. He comes over, gives me a big hug. I sit him down on my lap right then because now I'm not missing this opportunity now. I said, who just answered that prayer? Well, well, Jesus. Well, you know, the amazing thing is the very night before, one of the things Charlie has been struggling with a little bit recently is just being afraid that God's going to forget him, that on judgment day, God's going to forget his name in the book of life and he won't make it in heaven. And so right there, I sit him down on my lap and I said, Charlie... If God cares so much about a little piece of Lego, do you think he's going to forget your name in a book of life? 
you can just see the, the words hitting home. Right there, boom. We just thank the Father. And, and away we go. And then he just goes back to playing, okay? Don't even know if he remembers it today. Hopefully the Holy Spirit has drilled it in somewhere deep. Okay? But that is the Father. And he, and he actually cares about everyday life. If he cares about a little piece of Lego for little Charlie, how much more do you think he cares about our lives? He's dad. It's not just a formula, our father, and now my prayer is more spiritual. I put our father before it. No, Jesus is talking about a reality. He actually is our dad. And as a dad, a good dad, he actually really is interested in your everyday life and actually cares about it and wants to be involved in that life. And when your heart connects with that reality, it's not just tacking on our father in your prayers, but when your heart connects with that reality, your prayer life takes off. Suddenly the lines of communication are open and God's working in your life because you're open to him. That's what Jesus is teaching here in this prayer. It's not just a bunch of words, it's a heart. And that brings us to, I'm going to skip over a couple of lines there, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come. We're going to look at that next week, but verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. Is there anything a dad, those of you who are dads here, is there anything a dad loves more than to provide for his family? Is there anything a dad loves more than to protect his family and take care of his family? That's what a dad loves to do. And it's the same with our Father in heaven. You go to him in prayer, and it's not just, you know, give us this day our daily bread. A lot of people think of that as just this, they think of it again as a formula that you're praying for God to provide for you financially and, and food on the table. Well, obviously it includes that. And for many people in this world, that's, what, that's the daily bread they need. They actually just need physical bread on the table. They actually just need a paycheck, and it means that. But the, give us this day our daily bread goes way beyond finances and food. Give us this day our daily bread. Dad, our Father in heaven, actually cares about, again, a piece of Lego. For Charlie yesterday, daily bread was a piece of Lego. I need help with this God. This is what matters to me in my life right here, right now where I'm at. For some of you, Daily bread is you're in a struggling marriage relationship and you, it's been struggling for years or whatever. Daily bread is you going to the Father every day and you say, Lord Jesus, I need the grace today to be able to hope and not give up. I need the grace today to love my spouse, even though it's really hard right now, we're in this deep struggle. I need the grace today to be happy and to love this person and to have hope about this situation and not to give up. And that's your daily bread. And notice, he doesn't say, pray for your monthly bread, and then God dumps all the bread on you you need for a month, you need, don't need to go back to him. It's daily. He so cares about your daily life that he wants you to come to him every day. He's that interested in you. He's that concerned. He's that connected to your daily life that he wants you every day to come like a kid and sit in his lap and say, Father, oh, Dad, I'm going to need, maybe, and you're a mom, I'm going to need energy today to just love and be patient and do, or you're a business person, I'm gonna, or a student or whatever, I'm going to need joy today, I'm going to need strength, I'm going to need help to get through this real difficult situation, I need help today, and he's a dad, he never gets sick of that. You can do it 365 days a year, every month, every week, every year of your life, he does not get sick of it, he's your dad. I don't get sick of it when Charlie comes to me and asks for something. I love to help my kids, I love to bless them. Father says, our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. This is the kind of relationship. What Jesus is teaching here in the Lord's Prayer is so much more revolutionary than a formula. 
he's showing us the kind of relationship God wants with us. The, the fact that the God of the universe who made everything that exists, who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, actually wants to have a father-child relationship with you and me and you and me. He wants to have a father-child relationship with each of us. We can come on his lap and just be loved by him and just be taken care of by him. To be able to talk to him about any need, to just be real with him and to know that he cares about that and wants to take care of that. That's the heart behind the Lord's Prayer. That part of it is revolutionary. And so a weekly challenge this week, and I just, I don't consider these weekly challenges to be just tack-ons. I think it's just the heart of, if we don't actually just pray I would just, you know, so many message series have been preached on the Lord's Prayer. And some of, so much of it is just empty knowledge. If we don't actually just go to Him and find out that He's our Father, and we don't actually just go to Him and start sitting in His lap and start letting Him take care of us, this is all just a waste. So weekly challenge for this week, three things. Consciously approach God as Dad this week in your prayer times. How do you do that? Begin every, begin every, begin every one of your uh, uh, prayer times this week by consciously saying, Dad, and thanking him for the fact that you're his kid. Just begin to connect with that. Just start your prayer times and say, thank you that you're my dad. Thank you that I'm your kid. And you just start to say it out loud. You just, sometimes you, you got to say things and your heart will start to follow. Thank you that you care about everything I, I want to talk to you about today. Thank you that you care about the things I'm worried about. And you don't just, we don't just go to God and talk to him about all the big things of the universe. Yeah, there's a place for intercession and he leads us that place. But the main thing why we pray is relationship. Father-child relationship. Everything else is extra. Everything else comes out of that. Secondly, ask him for your daily bread each day this week. Just be real with him. I challenge you to do this. And don't use the formula... Give me this day, my daily bread. I did that with my daughter Joy once. I used to always pray the Lord's Prayer with her at night. And one night she's like, why are you praying for our daily bread and it's bedtime? <laughs> Busted! And I didn't have an answer for her either. I'm like, well, I'm kind of praying for tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> no, daily bread is I need Jesus. I need just coming to you with my needs. Not just, uh, many of you are not worried about your next paycheck. But what is it that you're worried about? What is it that you're needing strength for? What is it that you're needing wisdom for? Every day, he actually wants you every day, come sit in my lap and depend on me and let me take care of you. So I challenge you this week, every day, to pray for your daily bread. Be real with him. Lay out your daily needs, big and small, before him and ask him to provide everything you need day to day. And then lastly, I would do, similar to, to one of the things we did last week, but to do it again, Write down the two or three biggest challenges or needs you're dealing with this week and ask him to show you his hopeful heart. Sit down in the Father's lap and just lay it out before him. Say, Lord, I don't know what to do about this. I'm really struggling with this. Just lay it out before him. Lord Jesus, I need to know I'm sitting in your lap. Father, show me your hopeful heart for a situation. And you know what? You're going to find your prayer life starts to come alive because it's real. You're not just working your way through a template. You're actually talking to dad about the things that matter to you and he really loves you and wants to speak to you and touch you let's pray heavenly father thank you that you are our father thank you that you do care about our daily lives and lord i'm just praying that by your spirit there's going to be a movement of prayer in this church but not a movement of 
spiritual sounding prayer. Oh, we're a bunch of prayer warriors. No, it's going to be a bunch of kids that we're going to be turned into a bunch of kids who just trust, simply trust that you care for us, that your spirit would do a work in our hearts where we actually look forward to talking to you every day because we know we can be real with you and we know we can depend on you every day and know that you care and know that you want to answer and know that you want to be involved in even the littlest things in our lives, like even a piece of Lego, Jesus, that you would take care of us to that level. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your care. And thank you for what you're going to do in response to our prayers this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.